This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of OT3. Woo! Today's going to be real fun. And by real fun, I mean real fun. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, we're going to talk about smut novels that have become movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Um, this is different from regular romance novels. Uh, those novels that are published from big houses that don't have a lot of crazy scenes, but they're super romantic and become best-selling uh, not best-selling, uh, big watched movies like The Notebook. No, we're not talking about that. We are talking about smut <laughs> to Netflix. Ah. Oh. <laughs> With me is my co-host Sarah Weems. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Hello. All right, Sarah. Tell me a smut book that you would love to see adapted. I would love to see I haven't read a good one yet. That's the worst part about it. I want to see a smutty Persephone's and Hades book. Oh my god. Thing is I've read two, almost three Hades and Persephone's novels that are smutty. But I didn't come out of them being like, that was great. But I love the characters. And like Hades is like the mm-hmm. the prime example of I love you so much. I will kill anyone who touches you. And like that's like so attractive. And so I want that in a movie. But like I, I need I don't know, like because like I read two. Do you need the effects to be good? Like do you no, need no, it no, to no. be like Hades hell? No, no, no. Not the you- effects. No, no, no. So the thing. It depends because there's some really good adaptations of Hades Mm. in books. I'm very excited because uh, the woman who wrote Song of Achilles is writing a Hades and Persephone's book. It's the next book that's coming out. So like that one, I have very high hopes That one's actually going to be pretty good, though. That's that's not going to be like one of those trashy smut novels. That's going to be like a good smut novel. Well, then if you want a trashy (laughs) smut Persephone's, uh, I think it's called like, oh God, what is it called? It's like A Touch of Darkness. Yeah, Which the first one was very enjoyable. The second one was bad and the third one was somehow worse yeah, yeah. it kind of went downhill and, i oh, i did like it? i did like a touch of darkness <gasps> i'm a big persephone's hades so attractive. um i just love like the underworld uh you know she gets taken down she you know has to figure it out um i just love that trope yep and i think that's one of the biggest things with like smut novels is the, the tropes, tropes. They trope so good, and you know what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. Real quick, I want to pause. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of you may realize that our usual third co-host is not here today, and I just want it to be known. It's because one, she's at the Star Wars <laughs> celebration, so it's a very good reason. And yes, two, she's nerding out somewhere else. She misread her flight date, and we were supposed to record with her, and then uh, she was like, "I have to leave now." Yeah, we shame and stevy on the podcast. Yeah. Throwing it out there, she shames me enough. Let's go. But nonetheless, um, continue. So it's just me and Sarah today, mm-hmm. but we got enough. <laughs> Sarah and I read enough smut. And it's funny because yeah. Steffi usually reads the fluff. So I guess this is a great I, podcast to have without her because we can kind of get a little <laughs> deep I down into it. I was thinking about this, Ashley. Like when we, so <laughs> me and Ashley are like, okay, what are we going to talk about if it's going to be the two of us? And I was like, what do we talk about? What do we talk about? And the one thing I could think about is that there is that one fan fiction we both read yes. that, that was incredible that we talked about once on the podcast and we cut it out because it felt out of place. Um, Cause it's like really dark at the same time. It's yes. really smutty, but like, oh, uh, it's so good. And like, I was like, oh, we can just like talk about shit like that. Okay. We can do this. We can do this. We've got this. We got it. We got it. Um, So for my, what I would love to see, 
put into an adaption is if you um, are out there and you um, are into reading this kind of genre, um, Alice Coldbloom or Coldbloom. Yeah, I think that's her last name. She has a bunch of this like... Is it Cold Breath? Cold Breath. Alice Cold Breath. That's her name. Sorry. (gasps) She has a lot of really well-written, just awesome somewhat novels um some of which are medieval can i just uh, so i looked her up and i just need to explain like row of mm-hmm. like pictures a lot of them are very tasteful and it's a lot of like women in um victorian or regency era dresses like and it's about their hands and their dresses and like you don't see their faces nothing like that and then there's just this one photo of a man in gladiator outfit oh yeah and i was like nope <laughs> This seems right. This is right. Um, she just does a really good job, and I just love like how e- like I just love her characters. Mm. I think the characters are great. It's so tropey, but she just puts her own spin on medieval. Everyone does the Regency, you know, Bridgerton. Um, that is so overdone. Like sexy Pride and Prejudice. No, let's go medieval. Let's go a Knight's Tale, but make it sexy. You know Ooh, what I mean? Like she writes in trilogies as well. Yes, by the looks of it, she does. It's great. Okay. Oh my god, you. How dare you not mention that she also has a fucking wolf book. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bear-faced liar. <laughs> oh, my God. It's not even a wolf book. It's a bear book. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a shifter's book. There's like bears. I think she does one with uh, wolves. Um... Love potion for the alpha. Oh. Ashley, I need to look at this person's work. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> it seems so absurd. I just can't. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's actually a, uh, documentary out right now where it talks about why women love smut novels. Really? And it's really fascinating. Yeah. I, I was researching, uh, really the last second and I saw it and I was like, I should have watched this before we did this episode. But for everyone out there, basically one of the ladies was like, she, she I just read a quote from the documentary that was like, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't stay out late, but I read a fuck ton of smut. <laughs> Well, it's like it's a very interesting thing. Like there's I've I've said this before in the podcast that it's like the people who read smut for one, it is an expanding genre and more and more people are reading it by the day. Mm-hmm. But the people who read smut are the people you don't think read smut. Like that is the like the the like the people who read it. Like your grandma's reading it probably. Yeah. Your mother's reading it. I mean the Harlequin quiet, novels mm-hmm. like the little the the shy little girl in high school that you thought knew nothing like it's like a thing with fan fiction too is like the people who read the raunchiest fan fiction are the people who oh, got yeah. no no and no when tale. you read on your phone like nobody can see the cover like whatever mm-hmm. um so the reason that i um so there's one that everyone always talks about which we'll talk about later which is 50 shades but the reason i wanted to talk about this is because i recently watched uh 365 days which, if you guys don't know, is a movie on Netflix. It just on Netflix. Like I just want to emphasize that this is on Netflix. <laughs> it is on Netflix. Uh, it, foreign the, film. It's a foreign film. Yes, it's a Polish film actually, mm-hmm. based off of a Polish smut series. Yes, based off of a Polish smut series that is translated. Um, and uh, the sequel actually just came out. So I've seen both the uh, first and the sequel. And let me tell you, I had a great time, but I watched it with my two gay best friends. Oh my God, Michael and Diego? <laughs> yes, me and Michael wanted to watch it. <laughs> I bet they had so many questions. No, actually, well, they they had just very different responses. 
first okay explain everybody, everybody has um okay explain what 365 is okay so 365 is a polish book written by a polish author who is also very interesting because we'll go into it um and it is uh, it was made into it was adapted into a movie on netflix and it is basically about a polish girl uh woman sorry woman who goes on vacation in Italy, Sicily to be uh, exact. Um, This is uh, important because at some point she runs into a Sicilian mobster who um, kidnaps her because apparently he dreamed of her during some kind of coma during a gunshot wound, the trope, Um, and decides that he is going to kidnap her for 365 days and if she does not fall in love with him, then she can leave at the end of 365 days. Um, and of course, uh, spoiler, she does fall in love with him, but he is still an Italian mobster that kidnapped her. So <laughs> I, I I feel like there's a and couple there's, things we need to talk about lot, here. There's a lot of sex. There's a lot of sex. And it's like, <laughs> it, it. I, I have not watched this movie. I have seen it. It's, but it is I, not there for the plot, let me tell you. When we were, so this came out in 2020. <laughs> and so when we were working from home, and I remember my roommate used to always like she would watch movies while I was working because she's a nurse. So she like had different hours than me. And I remember one time coming out and she paused the movie and I was like, what are you? Am I not allowed to know what you're watching? And she goes, I just really don't want to talk about it. And I was like, <laughs> OK. And so I walked, I got my snack and I went back to my room and I like I finished the day and then I walked out and it was still on. And I was like, may I join you? And she goes sure it's almost over and I was like okay well let me sit down because like the thing is is that when I'd come out I go why'd you pause it and I got to run pause it and it was like next scene was a visceral sex scene of like them in the shower yeah and I was like Kayla, well, are what they- are you watching on the living room television by yourself yeah. mm-hmm. while I'm in like five feet away taking Look, meetings it's definitely one of those movies that like unless you're having a movie party where everybody knows and you got popcorn and you're ready to like woo, it's the blowjob scene um it's really hard to explain that it's not exactly yeah like I'm watching porn but you are yeah. watching porn you're just watching like really um a cinematic and well-produced porn. Yeah. So with, like with some plot, with some plot to it. What I will say is that then later I came out when all of that stuff was going on and I saw the end of the first movie, which is insanity. And I was like, well, now I want to watch the whole fucking thing. And then I forgot about it and I never did. But the end of the first movie is her like getting pregnant and getting kidnapped. Yes. Like that's, that happens. Um, like it's wild. Oh, spoilers. Oopsies. Um, I think, yeah. So, um, I don't, it's not the first one. It is the first one. That's the first one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, basically, um, so I'll just read to you, as I just love this. I love reading the, what is what is this on Amazon? This is what it says. Laura Beale and her boyfriend are on a dream vacation in beautiful Sicily. One, it is- She was in with another guy? Yeah, she was there with her boyfriend, who um, is this Polish guy. Titties. Um, oh, yeah. Dude, these people are so beautiful. They're the, so the pretty. The two actors who are... Um, Sorry, I looked up... The, the, the poster of one of the movies is um, him, like, grasping her I'm, breast. And it's like, damn. Yeah, so it is Anna Maria Sekluka. I'm not going to pronounce that correctly. And um, Mikhail Moron, Moroni? Moroni? I, it's, it's a Polish name and an Italian name. The most beautiful people I've ever seen. 
And it had a plot. There's a plot. There's a plot. Is it a good plot? Is it a moral plot? Is it even like... It's a tropey Italian mobster plot. And we've all talked about fan fiction and everybody loves mobster fan fiction. It's true. It is like, look, like it, it got the female audience. Is it a good movie? No, it's like... Is Transformers a good movie? No. Will people watch it? Absolutely. Do you know what? I, I'm going to say these words and some people on the internet will know what it means and some people don't. When Now I'm like thinking of the best like smutty book that's like not even a good book that I've read. Mm-hmm. Den of Vipers. Den of Vipers. Did you read it? Oh my God. That sounds so familiar. Hold it's the phone. It's the one I went, that you the took phone. a video of me t- and we posted on TikTok because I was... Uh, going on a rant about how it is dead dove do not eat yeah but like i see as like a person who generally doesn't exist in that world uh when i I, there's something so fascinating to me about like towing the line of like reality and it's like a mobster boss situation and Mm -hmm. it's like it's a reverse harem which means one guy several guys one girl several guys reverse harems are fun harem is very fun very great and it was just like very dead dove do not eat if you do know what that means but it's very uh there's some situations in there that might uh trigger some people so double check um but as somebody who doesn't have a lot of triggers i really much enjoyed that book oh yeah um no i mean and that would actually probably be a really great like screen adaption <laughs> um, yes and no because one of the guys loves torturing people uh, uh, look game of thrones came out and that ain't the you bar know, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, and also there's that like we say that we're not going to talk about it until later, but like, but like Fifty Shades great. Like they did some weird shit. The very BDSM like uh, also, adjacent, maybe not correct. Okay, but, you know, finish what you heard thoughts on three sixty five. Then I want to go to. Uh, we will. We will get to Fifty Shades. Shit, but first, first, so hold hold the Fifty Shades. Um, so I really have to go into three sixty five because go, go I, ahead. I'm sorry, interrupted. Um, so she's there with her Polish boyfriend, which they introduce in the movie by basically her coming home, and she's so hot, and her Polish boyfriend is not that hot, and she's kind of like mm-hmm. getting on him, like, "Hey, I want to have sex with you," and he's just like, "Um, I'm really tired," Ugh. and I'm like, "This mega hot chick is like, hey." Anyways, um, the table gave, gave me a splinter, guys. So if you guys see me chewing at my hand, that's why. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, for audio listeners, uh, yes, Sarah has a splinter now. It's um, huge. Look at it. It is pretty big. Um, I can see it. <laughs> uh, but basically, so then she has to go to the room by herself. And, oh, and they're going to Sicily for her birthday. And on the way out, he goes, oh, and make sure you pack my bag. Ugh. And so everyone's like, oh, my God, what a pig. And so then... Um, she goes into the room and she's uh, masturbating herself. Well, on the other side of the world, uh, we have Massimo, who is the uh, Italian heir to a like mobster family. And uh, at the beginning of the movie, his father dies on this beautiful Sicilian rooftop in front of him. And he also gets hit with the bullet. And he comes out of a coma. And apparently he dreamed of this woman the whole time. Um, so then uh, he's on a plane and she's in her bedroom masturbating and he and this is where it gets weird there's a flight attendant scene that me and my and diego were both like what the fuck and michael was like i'm okay with it (laughs) um everybody can have different opinions about this movie but basically he kind of like kind of gets to a flight attendant and does the elon musk like hey i'm powerful like 
suck me off kind of a thing. And but he doesn't say it, just movements. And you don't know if she actually wanted to or not. And I felt very weird about that scene. And actually, the funniest thing is the writer of the book actually really wanted to be the flight attendant. She actually asked to play that part because she thought she could... Wait, what? The writer of the book is the flight attendant? No, no, no. She wanted to be, but the director said no. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thoughts on just that situation because you said that like you and Michael and had different opinions. Two things. One I want to say is I think a very soft version of this, something to consider is like, Rich and wealthy people employ people who are willing to do things for them. Right, right. And like a good, like, again, soft version of this. In Iron Man 1, he has a stripper. Like his flight attendant turns into a stripper. Two of them do. So it's like, it's not that far of a stretch, like in the realm of like rich people doing things as having a flight attendant who is willing to service them. I mean, like, that's like the idea, right? And like Elon Musk is in the fucking news for actually doing something very similar. Is he really? Yeah. He's in the news for uh, like, he's getting sued by a flight attendant on a ship because he exposed himself to her. And uh, I I know it's weird. It's just kind of one of those things that like, I just noticed in this... the, the way that they showed the scene, it didn't look like she knew she was going to be doing that until he kind of approached her. And then I guess she does it. In the end, she kind of smiles. But like, arguably, it's, weird. it's like, but I get it. I get it. I get it. Anyways, it's it's a kink for someone. Oh, definitely. But Massimo is definitely like alpha. Mm-hmm. Italian boss alpha. Um, Laura is feisty Polish girl. And she's also an executive herself. Like she owns, like she's, you see her at the beginning and she's like a fucking boss somewhere. Um, so they go to, uh, uh, Laura and her boyfriend go to Sicily and the guy on her birthday goes and does the thing that she wanted to do with him without her, you know, basic tropey, he sucks, yeah. whatever. So then that night, uh, she's kidnapped by Massimo who has seen her. And, uh, uh, what does he say? There's just something I can't remember. Uh, uh, I will find out, but he's like looking for something, baby, or something. And he just oh, says God. it all, all the time. What is he say? Oh, God damn it. In I'm the looking comments. it up. I'm looking it up. You continue your story. I will um, find it. And uh, basically, uh, they, he, he, are you lost, baby girl? <laughs> yeah. Are you lost, baby girl? Oh my God. He says it like seven times, and his English isn't that great. And it's just me, me and Diego nowadays, we looked at each other and we'll go, hey, lost, baby girl. <laughs> Okay, so I also need you to know on IMDb, there are two quotes, only two. One of them is, are you lost, baby girl? And the other is, I'm going to fuck you so hard that people will going to hear you in wars, Warsaw. 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 Fucking Christ. And 32 out of 29 found this interesting. <laughs> Look, okay. Um, so basically... Uh, he has her at the place. She immediately just starts going crazy. Like this chick is trying to run away. Like she is our feisty protagonist. She is not going to take this down. She's not going to cooperate. Good for her. She is not going to like, she tries so hard to leave and cause all him issues, but he's really hot. He does all these really hot things. We're like, and here's the thing. He's like, I won't rape you. I won't like take you against your will. Like you have to come to me. You have to ask for it, but I'm just going to like walk around real sexy all the time. And at one okay. point in the in the movie, he ties her to a bed. Well, she is te- she's teasing him, walking around naked, mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. So at some point, he ties her to a bed, and this is before they've had any kind of any kind of sex. Interesting. He ties her to a bed, and then he has another girl c- 
come in and give him a blowjob in front of her. That's now I'm gonna have to watch 365. <laughs> I know, right? So then you know what she does the next day or that night they're supposed to go out. She dresses like the girl. Exactly like her. Where's the same outfit? Puts her hair up the okay. same way and starts like going up on like the tables and like strip dancing. It's it does sound like a smutty book. It's a smutty book, dude. It's like <laughs> and okay, so at some point they they break down, they have crazy montage sex. There is a fun moment where she does get thrown off the yacht. <laughs> Okay. He saves her. He saves her stupid ass. Oh, also, she has a weak heart. Um, her heart's bad. And so, like, she, they're having this fight on the yacht. And at some point, it's the funniest scene where, it's like, somehow she just falls off. And it's like, eh! She just pops oh, no, off. no, not one of those. <laughs> and, then he, and he saves her. And then he puts her back on the boat. And, he, and then anyways, then after that, she's like, okay, I'll have sex with you. Because you saved me. Whatever. And then there is like a montage scene of like sex all over the yacht. And then apparently she's only been there a few weeks, maybe a month at most. And she's like, I know I love you. Good for her. Mm -hmm. But then immediately his family is absolutely mad that he's chosen her because he was supposed to marry another woman from another Italian family. Drama. And they're pressuring them with their like family mobster ways. And so he sends her back to Poland because she's going to get killed. So she has to go back to Poland and she doesn't understand why. And she's very upset because she had finally given in to him. So it's one of those finally gave in and he throws her back to Poland. And at some point he comes back to her and they uh, get married. Mm hmm. Um. Yeah, and that's the that's the first movie, and then she gets pregnant and kidnapped. Like, don't forget those bits. Yes, I mean that's the next part. That's the next part of the movie, and then so the next movie we go in further into it. But I, that's three sixty five days. There's a whole sequel. I don't want to stay too long on this because we only have a little bit of time. We're gonna stay on time this time. I got a little timer next to us and everything. Yeah, we have a timer. Um, but I just. I had a great time watching that movie because it was absolutely a translated, not even just a smut book, a translated smut book. It was really disappointing because I was like, film. I don't think I'll watch this, but I bet I'll read this. And then I went to go and try and find the book and it's it was not translated yet. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess I, I won't read this. Um, something else that, that made me think of mm-hmm. is the fact that women more often than not turn towards written porn where men more often than not turn towards visual porn. Yeah, I mean the the visual porn is is definitely Gross. more. Uh, I mean, I mean, especially the the kind you'll find online can be very like jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the written one you have to use your mind, and so like you have to think about it and like put the things and stage Here's, it yourself. Here, I have this question for you, mm-hmm. and maybe this is personal, but when you read porn, do you imagine you're one of the characters? Uh, at times, but it depends on the book. I have never once read porn and made myself one of the characters. Never once. So you're always an outsider? Yeah. You're always just watching the drama. I guess so. From afar. I like guess you, I'm you, just a voyeur. Like a, like, a, like a firefly in the distance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't, like, it, I, it, when I, I didn't know this until I was talking to one of my friends who also reads, 
and I was like, oh yeah, you should try this book. I know it's like, it's men on men, which isn't really usually your cup of tea, but it's like a really good story. And then that was their response is like, oh yeah, I don't know if I'll really get into that because I can't imagine myself as a man. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, wait, rewind what? And then they're like, yeah, you know, like you imagine yourself as a character and like, that's how you read the book. And I was like, nope, never once in my life. Interesting. Well, do you ever imagine a character? Okay, okay, okay. Let me rephrase. So say we're in the mind of the male protagonist yeah. and he's thinking a thing and then he says a thing. Yeah. Do you ever imagine that someone would say something like that to you? Maybe sometimes, but like, it's not like, but it's not like you're putting yourself in the place, but, you, but are you thinking about it? Like when you, when you no. hear something romantic, are you thinking like, Oh my God, that's romantic in a third perspective. Or are you thinking like, I think always a third perspective. Okay. Okay. Like, always I mean, everyone, like I, I feel like what I get is more like the afterward longing of, wow, that was so cute. I wish I had that in my life. I have that, but like in the moment, I am like fully delved into that story and I'm like, this is great. This is amazing. And like, then when you read something that's like a little sad and like a little bit like the angst, and then like you feel the little itch in the back of your throat and you're like, oh, this is perfect. I do love the angst. It's so Oh good. my God. I love the, ang- okay. Like, I, I feel like I'm such a, um, usually like in my day to day life and even in my romantic life and in my work, I'm very practical. I'm like very to the, but like, I fucking love reading some angst sometimes. It is so, it's cathartic. And I just need to get it out of my system. And then I'm like, okay, I can go be a person that just gets shit done. Cause I I got it out. I got it out. I like, I sometimes, like, there was a bit there. Like, I, so I was reading, I want to do an episode on it, but we'll see if it ever happens. But um, all the young dudes Mm -hmm. and in all the young dudes of Harry Potter fan fiction. So in the Harry Potter books, there is a line where um, Sirius says that the reason that Severus Snape hates Harry Potter or hates James Potter is because he saved his life. And that is because in the series, there is a moment when like the Marauders are going to school and Severus uh is trying to figure out what's going on with remus lupin he's like you guys you and your posse are going and doing something weird every month like what is it blah 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 and then one like serious black is so fucking pissed one day that he just says why don't you come find out here's how you get into the 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 thing well knowing that on the other side of that tunnel underneath the like whomping willow is a werewolf trying to eat people so he sends Severus snape to his death Basically. Wow. And uh, James Potter finds out about it and stops it from happening. But they never bring it up in the actual Harry Potter books is how did Remus Lupin react to his best friend basically outing his biggest secret to their nemesis of sorts. And so there's some really interesting, good, heartbreaking fan fiction. Oh, I see. Of like of the like interaction afterwards. Of, of like, what is, what is the greater good? Like James Potter having to like fuck over remiss a little bit it's not the greater good no it is because james potter saves like severus Mm -hmm. the 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 angst is in because i ship remus and sirius very hard is the Mm -hmm. fact that like they were like borderline about to start dating because it was supposed to be like their fifth year and remus lupin's greatest like secret was betrayed by his best friend like his best friend wins and tells and then it's like what does that react like how do they like become friends again or like Mm -hmm. how do you grow from that and like it's there's some really good angst oh my god so yeah that's that's my contribution um but what we're we doing next okay the next is uh master of the universe or better known as 
Fifty Shades of Grey. The worst piece of fan fiction ever published. Why do you say that? <sighs> so... I've said too much about myself on the internet, but there's only a couple thousand of you. So does it really matter anymore? Because it's there. People have to shove through all this bullshit to get there. I am saying this. Don't judge me. Um, but I am a, like, if you are somebody who reads AOB fan fiction, you're also a person who reads Dom Sub fan fiction because they very much toe the same line. So... I probably was reading Dom Sub fan fiction before Fifty Shades of Grey came out. And just the little I knew about Fifty Shades of Grey before I even looked anything up, I go, that doesn't sound right. And then looking into it and finding out that Fifty Shades of Grey is apparently not only very poorly written, but also a very bad representation of this um, community that in like the BDSM it was just so poorly represented and in a way that made things that were not okay okay for the sake of like a plot point and i was like you know what i don't need this in my life and then like everybody was watching it and i was just like i i don't need everybody else to know that i've watched this porn and i was like i've read so much better porn in fan fiction with other characters or even the same characters i've read great twilight fan fiction in my time but like, Fifty Shades of Grey was trash. So, very strong opinions. So, I'm going to come at it at the different okay, perspective. Okay. I'm older than you. Okay. I read the fan fiction first. Really? I was actually reading it while she was writing it. Ashley Dillard. Yep. How have we never talked about this? It just never came up. <laughs> me and Larissa, me and my, my, one of my other best friends, Larissa, uh, actually were reading it at the same time together. While we were roommates, we were reading Master of the Universe because it was on fanfiction.net and it was one of the top Twilight fan fictions, which at the time, Twilight was a big deal. Like this was before everyone decided that it was unpopular. And I honestly think that like sometimes when things become super popular, there's another group that has to come back and be it's unpopular because it becomes more popular to be unpopular. That being said, I'm not going to say that Master of the Universe is a great portrayal of bdsm mm -hmm. it was just a fan fiction like it was just a fan and there are some really shitty fan fictions out there and there are probably some, some really worse. great fan fiction okay we went other ways with that but okay there are yeah. some like bad fan fictions out there that never get the light of day and they're out there and they yeah. don't get like are there great fan fictions yes are there fan fictions that have probably shown the bdsm community as they are perfectly yes did they make everyone excited like master of the universe somehow magicked up no like i would say that for whatever reason master of the universe tropied hit something did yeah. something to become popular and i think that people get really mad because of just like it's not perfect but i'm like this bitch was a fan fiction writer. Did you, you know, like she's not perfect. Like she didn't come from published work. <sighs> yeah, but like the, maybe it's because I entered the fan fiction world later. Like I definitely remember fan fiction being way worse on fanfiction.net versus the fan fictions on AO3. It was just popular. It was just fun to read. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was yeah. just fun. 
it's like you know like there are other fan fictions out there that are like i've read uh, that just i mean they skirt the line so hard and did they read up did they like follow all the rules of how you're supposed safe words blah 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 blah. to be fair i understand that it is dangerous and that there are certain things to it that can kind of influence the next generation but at the same time i also kind of go there's a shit ton of everything out there that is dangerous you know what i mean like if you want to make a really awesome totally accurate what it is like to be bdsm film go make it make it popular True. you know what but I mean? it's like nobody wants what's popular because i mean i've read uh, back to last week's episode in claim i've read my fair share of BDSM contract fix where they like go into like the legalities and the making sure everything's kosher and like triggers and yeses and nos and do's and don'ts and all of that and I enjoy it because I am just uh, I just love words uh but I also understand that like to the average person like they probably don't want to read that part of the fan fiction or that part of the story right right right. I mean this is just what everybody like the the interesting thing to me was to me Master of the Universe which was an Edward Bella fan fiction which made sense there's so many weird BDSM Edward Bella fics out there there's just so many what is funny about it was I thought that this was just a niche little like popular fan fiction thing when she published Fifty Shades which honestly is edited um and is a little bit i mean i like the fan fiction better personally Mm -hmm. but it was because it was a fan fiction when when it becomes a book everybody just starts criticizing everything about it because it's supposed to be better um so when that came out and my mom started reading it it was so funny because i was like oh my god did you know that this is a twilight i mean but she didn't care she was just like oh my god it's so fun moms never care but it opened up a really interesting conversation that me and her could have about this type of situation like all my aunts were reading it my cousins were reading it suddenly i was able to like talk about some of the things that were happening in it with them it was like a conversation started that like i was like i could never really talk about anything like that like we could never really talk about there was never a conversation starter about like women's sexuality and like why were certain scenes hot and like why was it why is this kind of like alpha dominance thing and like obviously some of it was was super inappropriate and you shouldn't actually get into like real life situations like that but why is the fantasy of it exciting because like my mom and me never had those conversations before and i was just like this is really weird but we got cocktails and we were talking about it and i was like how weird that we're talking about this that's so interesting like that's such an interesting concept to me because like first of all my parents don't have hobbies love them to death but they don't so like my mom and dad don't read and so like they like I've I've never had a conversation like that with my mother. My mom never even gave me the talk. Like really? no joke. Like really? No. I my talk was really weird too. By the way, no, I didn't better. have one. It got, it got better. Literally, <laughs> I remember like I remember starting my period and being like, "Hey, mom, I started my period," and she goes, "Oh, do you need any help or anything?" I was like, "No." And then that was that. That was it. Whoa. No talk. No nothing. I've never been on birth control in my life, so it never was a conversation there. Like I consider my asexual myself asexual, and that's something I came up to in my like twenties. But like I was still an asexual when I was a teenager, and so like clearly I was not getting up to any funny business. And so it's like it just never was a conversation. It was just never discussed, which is so probably different than a lot of people had. But like my education was fan fiction, and like. That was it. Like I learned everything I knew about 
sex and relationships and even like fucking like periods from fan fiction. I'll be real honest. I think a lot of my like fan fiction, um, like like honestly, like the Vampire Chronicles were one of my first gateways into sexuality, um, even though they don't actually have sex. Um, Such a shame. Uh, the because uh, like my mom would. It was a weird time. It was like she was trying to be a good mom, but the standards at the time said you can't talk about these things. Later yeah. on, I've talked to her and she's like, I don't know why I kind of thought like I couldn't just talk to you. But also, your mom's cool as shit. Like, not that my mom's not cool as shit. I love my mom very much, but she's also like Catholic. So like religion is hard. Uh yeah, I don't know. I, honestly, my relationship with my mom has like over time becoming way, way more open. Like on her on on, on Mother's Day, we went to a drag show, and oh, then we so went cute. we drag your mother to brunch, and then we we had cocktails, and it was just like having a good time, just talking the shit. Um, but I do like, the funny thing is I do remember Fifty Shades being like one of the first times that I could like actually be like, "You're reading this? What do you? Th- this is wild. What do you think about it?" See, it's so interesting. So you only on the only time I realized that my mother was like similar was she gave me like I acquired the family books like over time because like mm. I had two book. I had four bookcases in my bedroom growing up a shit ton. And so like just like when they're like, oh, we have random books, just give them to Sarah. And I remember there was this book and it was my first ever like published book. And it was like something like Fire Fleet or something. And it was a like 80s porn book. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, my mother. And I was like, I had no idea. Because, like, even though the fact that my mother had a child at 45, I'm like, you're celibate. I was like, that's no. You guys didn't come from nowhere. No, we came from nowhere. We were chicken and the egg. (laughs) God knows. But, like, that's the thing. It's just, like, such an interesting concept. Which is, like, also, I would argue why smut is so important for women and why i think more boys should read it because no i think so too it's way more like yeah like we were talking about 50 shades being like not very accurate but it's more accurate than porn and if you watch our ice planet barbarians like that shit ain't accurate but you will see that there are things in there like like so many times i talk to some of my um single hetero male friends um who are like what do women want? I'm like, okay, read a smut novel and realize that you aren't going to be the the hero here, but there are ways that you can like try to create the the the, the makeup of like what why do why do why are women getting excited? Like why did women get so fucking excited for Fifty Shades of Grey? It's because it was it, it weirdly broke the ceiling on those conversations and that kind of like materials it was like before that i feel like we didn't really talk about it like it it, it, like it not that we're talking about well i mean honestly nowadays we are talking about it Mm. tiktok and everywhere else is like bringing them up to the forefront like i have joined a austin group that like reads porn books like i've like there's just like it's such a different world like i go to barnes and noble like and yes they've always had the romance section but like it's now they have like the book talk section and the book talk section is almost entirely oh my god oh the book talks yeah it's like it's basically like we're able to kind of have these conversations about hey that turned you on cool this turned me on and it's like oh my god 
clutch your pearls. I know. Uh, and it's like, but at the same time, we're like, it's books. Like, it's fun. Like, you will enjoy it. Like, go home, put, take a bubble bath, read this book. You will have a great time. And then you can go be yourself and like have it, you know, we know it's fantasy. But there are certain things in them, like tropes. Uh, I mean, like, let's talk about Fifty Shades. This millionaire suddenly just wants to, like, pay my lifestyle and, like, make me a little sub or something, you know. Um, but there, it gets fucked up. It gets fucked up. Uh, yeah, like, that's the thing is that it's, like, it's very important. And this is one of the biggest things I love about fan fiction. And there is actually a book app that is not the normal book app Mm. but they have a whole section for triggers and like that's the thing that i think is really important especially with like Mm -hmm. honestly all books should have triggers like it's my favorite part of fan fiction is i go into a fan fiction knowing exactly what to expect yeah don't get surprised yeah i don't get surprised very rarely unless it's like untagged omega verse or something like that which is like no oopsies uh but like that's like not awful but like people are very diligent on tagging things like non-con and um underage and like all these things that are like hey this is existing which is just so nice and like oh god what the fuck is this book app called i've got to find it one second oh yeah yeah no i i think it's awesome i think having conversations about and and not just like women's sexuality Mm -hmm. i mean like lgbtq Mm -hmm. like talking about like these things story graph it's called story story graph um i have not heard of that i just think it's it's a why do we keep all of this so pearl clutched hidden and sure 365 is hilarious i watched it with my two gay best friends i had a great time Mm -hmm. we were able to look at some of those scenes and go like did was he a little like rapey or was it like you know we had those conversations we were like you know like the funny parts the good parts the like um diego coming out after that and going like oh he was such a brute i would hate him me and michael going like we were really into it. <laughs> you know, I think like, like <laughs> it's it's not just that, but it's like, and this is why earlier I said that I think men should also be reading these stories is because it's like, it's not just watching the act happen. Like it is like a full, like 200, like even like short end, 80 pages, long end, 600 pages of like a whole story behind it, thoughts and emotions. And so it like, it, it truly adds to the experience to make it like more real. Because if you just, if you just like, okay, this is, this is what sex is. And you show them a porn video. It's, it's truly not capturing the whole essence of what's happening there where okay 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 like so you know like like we have all the classic trope like porn tropes oh it's a plumber it's the delivering guy like Mm -hmm. why did she get there how did she get there to her life that she is so horny that she's gonna fuck the delivery guy like how what when where why is she like we need the details did did she see him before and they flirted a bit like was it a setup is it her is it is it like somebody from school is Is it her brother's best friend yeah is it her brother's best friend Mm -hmm. that she knows is a delivery guy and she's had a crush on him for 15 years so she answers the door naked and then they start fucking like that's a story that's a fucking story (laughs) you want to know it's not a story a naked woman opened the door and then fucking the pizza man it's boring i got caught in the dryer what where's the best in front of my salad <laughs> okay we have to wrap up because i have, to wrap have up. dinner plans with my mom's best friend who's in town oh that's so lovely um so 
Not saying that there are other romance novels that got turned into books. I mean, a shout out to Dangerous Liaisons, shout out to The Notebook, shout out to some really awesome... I, the Notebook was a moment for me growing up. I cannot explain to you on my mini DVD player in my bedroom how many times I rewound to see a nipple. It was it was, it was was shameful, to be quite honest. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but, uh, you know, the, 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 the really good published romance to book is kind of like what the, like the old school vibe. It was like, what is okay now makes sense with our status quo and will make sense on screen. Everybody's okay with it. Nobody clutches their pearls. 365. For whatever reason, gets uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, I think they're the the bromance book club is going to Netflix. Uh, that's gonna be really fun. One. Yeah. Um, there's gonna be a fun bunch, and and I'm excited for it. If it's not your cup of tea, don't worry about it. It's just check the tags, check the tags, check what people are talking about. Um, it's supposed to be kind of an exploration, I think, of sexuality, of funness, of like what you're into, what you're not into. You can decide to be like, nah, I'm not into that. I'm into that. You know, I think that's kind of where the conversation lies. And it's fucking popular right now. It is so popular. Um, and I feel like we should talk about it more. Um, but that's kind of like my takeaway. That's my end. Sarah, do you have any last thoughts? My last thoughts are. Everyone should read a good smutty book. You'll enjoy it. Find something you like. And also... Enjoy the tropes. Enjoy the tropes. Go watch like a smutty... Oh, sorry. I got burps. Those truly hit me. Um, But also like watch it sometimes. 365 is such a fun little example. Um, There's probably a million others that I can't think of. I know that like uh, blue is the warmest color, I think is one of them. Yeah. Like there's there's stuff out there for you. Just uh, go check it out. See what's up. You know? If you don't like it, you don't like it. You don't, you know, read it. You don't like it. It's okay. Everything's yep. fine. Um, but with that, thank you guys for watching our episode. We will be back next week. Um, we love you. Uh, please rate and review. Yeah, yeah. Um, that really helps us get out to new audiences. And um, we will see you next time. See you next week. Bye. Bye.